When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland. Lots to discuss on this show today. No prizes for guessing what. Uh, but first of all, I'm delighted to say that for the first time on the Final Furlong Podcast, we are joined by Tote Ambassador and four-time former champion jockey Richard Johnson. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. No, uh, thank you. It, it only took until your retirement and then we finally got you <laughs> Um, first of all uh, I had to double check my calendar and go wait is this like April Fool's Day what's what's going on it it really was the retirement that that shocked racing how long were you thinking about it Um, I suppose you mean um, I suppose it was was in my mind for a few weeks and um, look I'm I'm 43 I've had an amazing sort of uh, you know time of doing what I love doing and um, unfortunately, my body doesn't bounce any as as, oh, as well anymore. So, um, you know, it, it just it felt like it was sort of the right time for me. And, you know, as I wasn't, um, you know, um, sort of in with a chance in a jockey championship, unfortunately, this year, um, I didn't I thought it was the right thing to do not to sort of finish at Sandown at the end of the season. And I think, yeah, Cheltenham for me was. I was, you know, obviously, um, obviously, I was gutted when Time Hill obviously couldn't run there um, in the stairs hurdle, and then um, Native River. I, you know, I felt like he had a, you know, he, he felt really well at Sandown. So I thought, actually, look, if I could, if he, if he could win, I, I would, I would sign off on, on that note. But um, you know, he, he ran well, but yeah, you know, he wasn't a, no match, unfortunately, for the the, the first three, uh, you know, on, on the initials Gold Cup, and so I think, yeah, for, for me, I because I, because I, I'd made a decision, I, I thought, well. Um, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's sort of the right time to go. So we just we sort of st- slightly stumbled on 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 Newton Abbott, um, that that we had a decent book of rides, and, and yeah, it felt like the right thing to do, and sort of try and um, yeah, bow, bow out gracefully. Because it it was only a week to go to the Grand National and a week to Time Hill, and uh, you would have had Native River as well. Obviously, Native River didn't do the business, but but Time Hill did. But then again. If your mind's made up, then you're right to go with your mind and your gut. If it's if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Yeah, no, and, and it was just one of those things. It, um, you know, obviously, Time Hill, he had a, a, you know, that that's only a small but a niggling injury from 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 Cheltenham, and you know, obviously, they were Philip was nearly 100 percent confident he would have he was going to entry, but obviously, there was, you know, he had to do all the right bits of work between Cheltenham and entry to to make sure of that, and. Um, you know, I didn't. You know, Philip or you know Henry Daly, they didn't have any major horses to run in the Grand National or well anything, unfortunately. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I think because you know in my head, if if I'd have won the Gold Cup, I would have I would have finished then. And so I sort of felt that, yeah, it was it was probably the right thing to to try and, um, yeah, you know, try and find the right, a day that sort of suited me. And again at Newton Abbott, we I had five rides with Philip. I, I thought three of them had. You know, very good chances, and they all <clears throat> they were all placed, but unfortunately, none of them won. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, after my last ride for Philip that day, that I wouldn't lose a draw. Um, 
you know, I, I would stop then. And, and uh, you know, I definitely haven't regretted it since. Obviously, it was a a, a hard watch at Aintree watching Tynehill win, um, you know, just for obvious reasons. But at the same time, I was delighted for Philip and, and delighted for Tom O'Brien because, you know, Tom's been, I think Tom's been waiting for me to retire for probably about <laughs> eight years. So, so to be fair, you know, yeah, it, it was lovely to see him sort of get his big chance and, and, and obviously the horse win. And, you know, hopefully that sets, sets the, sets the tone for, for things to come. A career of over 30 years in racing. Uh, that's no mean feat in itself. The fact that you managed to have the amount of success that you had during that period of time uh, tells its own story. And most of that success was over two decades with Philip Hobbs who said uh, in an interview with, um, I think, a number of publications that never once did you ever fall out over anything. Yeah, I think, I think well, you know, to me, look, I, I was lucky to, to have him on my side. I think that, that, that was the first thing because, um, you know, he's obviously a brilliant trainer and, um, you know, which, 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 which obviously you need. But at the same time, you know, he was, you know, he's just a, a fantastic person to, to deal with and, you know, hugely supportive and, 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 and loyal. So, you know, whether it was a, a, you know, I was coming back from a, you know, a, I don't know, a, a broken collarbone or a broken leg that was, you know, three months off, you know, as soon as I was fit and ready to go, you know, the horses were there for me to ride and, and having that sort of support behind you is, you know, it was fantastic. And, and, and also, you know, with owners, he was always, uh, you'll always have the odd owner that will, 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 say oh you know i'm not quite sure if richard gets on with us and he'd say well look you know richard's my jockey and and and, and that's how it is um so yeah for, for, for a jockey having that sort of support behind you was was very 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 nice and, and good and, and i think that's what gave me the opportunity to be sort of um you know continue hopefully being you know riding lots of winners you know for for, for many seasons and of course, was a huge help to you in battling that pesky McCoy for so many years, uh, <laughs> and, and then being uh, a four-time champion jockey as well. Yeah, and, and like I say, that you know, Philip is, you know, you can clock, set your clock by him. You know, he, he's he's you know has his winners every year, and and, and again, you have know, nice horses, but he also has you know winners you know all through the season which when you're being cha- trying well trying to be champion jockey um you know you need that s- constant supply of winners you know week in week out um you know throughout the whole season and um you know not one it's very difficult for one trainer to make you champion jockey but having a a consistent trainer that's that that, that trains is you know best part of 100 winners every season yeah that's a huge support huge help and support to anyone you know trying to aiming or hoping to be champion jockey so that gave me the sort of backbone I suppose to for Dave Roberts to you know try and get as many other rides and, and winners as, as possible you know through that but again you, you you always need I think you need a you know a solid foundation and, and, and Philip always gave me that to, to work with so again you know I've, I've you know hugely indebted for him for you know all the work he, he, he well he did for me and, and you know success I've had with him which, of course, then leads to the fact that your last ever ride was was for him, and it was important that it be for him. Yeah, no. To be fair, I, I, whatever happened, unless Native River won the Gold Cup, that was the only. You know, myself and I spoke to Dave Roberts. Um, you know, we chatted a few times about these different things, and um, and yeah, you know, I said to, to to Dave, look, I whatever happens, my last ride, I would like to be for 
for Philip. Um, apart from, look, if if Native River, and to be fair, I, I'd let I sort of, you know, obviously Philip was involved in obviously the, the, you know what was going on as well because I wanted him to 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 know you know what I was thinking, what 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 was what I was sort of hoping to do, and and you know he he obviously understood if if Native River won, it was going to be slightly different than just. Uh, you know, run of the mill race for for somebody else somewhere else. But again, it was it, yeah. I I thought it was hugely important for me to to finish on one of Phillips, and it was quite uh, ironic really that brother Ted was um what won won the last race that AP ever rode in, and 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 was my left last ever ride as well. So it's um <laughs> he's he's a famous horse for for probably not not the right reason. <laughs> famous famous horse for getting rid of famous jockeys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what about that that relationship with McCoy? Because he came out and said that if Richard Johnson has a bad word to say about you, there's something very wrong with you. Um, yeah. But but that but that being said, the rivalry was was there because what I admired about you was that this relentless persistence of the pursuit of McCoy every single year, every single season, you went for him. And that pursuit of McCoy each season, it would have broken, I think, a lot of people. It would have just made most people give up and go, I'm not doing this every bloody season, chasing <laughs> go, to finally win it, but not be broken by the fact that McCoy kept on winning. First of all, how did you manage that? And how did it then feel to get your hands on the title? Um yeah, look, uh, everyone sort of says, "Oh, you know, I can't believe you, you know, it didn't, it didn't get you down." Well, obviously, obviously, I, I used to get. Um, I think my wife will tell you now that um, I've slightly, hopefully, slightly mellowed in as, as I've got older, and I think even even getting married and having children helped as well. But I, I, I in my twenties, I used to get frustrated because I'd ride two winners and he'd ride three, and you know, whatever I did, he did a bit a bit better, and uh, and and like you say, it, it obviously it did it did get me down, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I could. You know, well, I, I, even now, I, I don't believe I should have been moaning to everybody else because everybody else would love to have been in my position. Do you mean I was riding mm-hmm. 100 winners plus every season and, 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 and had, you know, obviously good winners as well? So, you know, I was still having a fantastic time, but it was, you know, yeah, it was frustrating. And like you say, you're always thinking of, well, is, is there a way I can, I can, I can ride more winners than him? And as well, I, I always felt that it, he, he wasn't stopping me being champion. It was, I just wasn't riding enough winners. I think you know that's the the end of the day. Whoever's champion jockey rides the most winners, so it's up to you to ride more winners than anybody else. That's not really, you know, AP wasn't stopping me, or um, I wasn't stopping other people. It was just, you know, you know, that's that's the thing. You you've got to try and get on as many good horses as possible, and and which is the hardest thing. And then also, yeah, make sure make sure you hopefully yeah win on as many as possible. So. You know, there's a, there's, I think there's different ways of looking at it. You, you can be resentful of people that they're, they're getting on better or doing better than you are. But actually, I think, you know, I, I just thought if you work as hard as you can, try and ride as many as possible. Um, that's that's all I can I can do, and that's the only only thing I can control. So, um, in, in that respect, um, yeah, it was frustrating, and I I did I did probably get to, especially my early thirties, and think this would probably never happen because um, he wasn't he, he wasn't he wasn't for stopping and and you know you know he rode till he was 40 and when I started riding you know most jockeys were retired by the time they were 35 so I think when, when I was getting to 35 and he was still riding I was thinking this will probably never happen but again yeah there was a certain amount of delight when he retired but obviously a certain <laughs> amount of sadness because 
you know, I'd actually, I did enjoy riding with him and and he, he I got a, a great buzz out of when I managed to beat him. Obviously, it didn't happen that often, but, um, you know, we we enjoyed the rivalry, I think, and 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 like like he said, I think I think we sort of bet, brought the best out of each other, and um, but yeah, obviously there was there was a little bit of me, uh, you know, delighted to see him, you know, f- finish, and, and I thought I you know give give me that opportunity, but obviously then there was a f- certain amount of pressure if I didn't if I didn't go and uh, be champion jockey, you know, I'd have been a bit of a letdown really, but um, but no, it was it was that first year when when he'd retired, and I I became champion. The whole season just seemed to be a bit of a, a dream, really. It just everything seemed to fall the right way, and everything seemed to, you know, work out. And and I had the support of, you know, owners, trainers. You know, every time I went racing, there was people sort of saying, "Oh, you know, good luck, and hope, hope you hope you win the championship." And it was, yeah, just had a huge amount of goodwill behind me. So, one, it was delighted not to let everyone down, but obviously delighted to, to, to do that. And the, the day at Sandown. Yeah, the first year. Um, again, for me, that was probably the best day of my career because, you know, it's, it's what I'd always dreamed of, and you know, to have my family there and and you know, every, well, there was a huge crowd there, obviously, and yeah, for me, that was definitely probably the the highlight of my career. And uh, considering that there were a lot of highlights in in your career, um, that that is quite a, a bold statement to make, but. Perhaps when you got your hands on that trophy, you may have then said to yourself, I've done it now. Great. And, uh, and uh, you were making the point about when jockeys would, would start out, when you were starting out, they would retire at 35, that, that maybe you would now dial it back a little bit. Nope. <laughs> Kept on going and, uh, and added four. Um, was, was that just your way of being that you couldn't stop. You just, you had to keep on going. Um, I think, I think it's, we're still one of those things. When, when, it's like riding, 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 you you know, when I rode my first ever winner in a hunt chase around Harryford, I mean, all you want to do is ride a winner when you, when you start. And then the trip is when you ride one, then you, all you want to do is ride another one. And it, you know, it, it's, it's, well, it's like a drug, you know, you, you, you crave it, I think. And, and, and that's, you know, I, 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 it taken me obviously a, a very long time to, to become champion jockey, so um, I, I, you know, once you once you sort of got your hands on it, you, I definitely didn't want to let it go easily. And um, yeah, for those four years, I, I, I mean, obviously worked hard, but I, you know, I had a fantastic time and and loved every minute of it. And it was, you know, last year when I lost it to Brian Hughes, um, and you know, he 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 had a fantastic season, and I must have when 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 the courier came to pick up pick up the trophy because obviously I had to go back um yeah it was it was a sad sad moment to see it leave the house and uh, and I knew I wasn't going to get it back you know a couple of weeks later so um so yeah that you know that yeah you you, you don't like you know sort of I think you don't, yeah, you don't like giving up what you've got so it's yeah there's plenty of reasons to, to keep on trying and and, and you know I, again this year I, I definitely start, started off the season you know, full attentions was to try and be champion jockey again and, and try and get that trophy back. And um, again, you know, yeah, we just haven't had the season this year that, you, you know, I wasn't I wasn't in the running. Um, you know, I've had a good season, but I wasn't in the running for the championship. Uh, was you know, again, that's one of the reasons why I didn't wait till Sandown at the end of the season. But um, it, it's, yeah, it is like a drug. I think that's the only only description. Um, not that I know really what drugs are like, but you know, you, you, you all you want it, it, you know, you, you once you've had it, you just you, yeah, so it's all you crave, really. 
Richard Johnson makes shocking omission on final for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm retired now. They can't do anything to me. <laughs> it's done. And I got all them trophies. Uh, speaking of um, <laughs> speaking of the the jumps uh, jockey's title, so the trophy has to go back. Do you have? four versions of those though or or is it like just one trophy and that's it you like it's shared around yeah well you know it's just one trophy but actually uh the, after the first year i won it i don't know they felt sorry for me they did they give, did give me a replica a, a much smaller one but uh so at least, at least i've got one one replica that um re- reminds us of, of, of again of that of, of the whole thing but um but no it, it, it's you know it, it's i'm very honored that my, my name is on that trophy now for well hopefully for obviously forever and 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 yeah, those sort of things, you know, you know, for my children or even later in life, you know, for your families to look to look back and, you know, at least it's it's, it's there in history, which um, yeah, which I'm I'm very very proud of. Um, I think they were just glad to get a British name on the. Yeah. On the ch- <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you never know. We might have a. We, there's a chance that there's a 50, probably a fifty fifty chance moment this year. They might get one back on it again, but uh, yeah, it'd, it'd been a long time. A long time since Peter Skudamore, anyway. <laughs> to be fair, Harry's coming. He's there. He's right he's, there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's, 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 it's a very close run, this thing, uh, you know, championship this year, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it'll, I think it'll definitely go down to down, down to down to probably the last day. If you had to call it, who would you say is mo- is the most likely winner? Uh, honestly, I think it's very, very close. I think, I think Harry Skelton has got the... Um, you know, obviously, with Dan's got you know his yards in great form. They, they you know they've got huge firepower there, and I'm sure there's one or two of the horses that might have an extra run this year to try and try and you know eke out another winner. Where I think you know with Brian Hughes, he's he's almost different different scenario. He's 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 working with probably twenty different trainers to try and um, yeah you know do the do the same thing, but in in a, in a slightly different way. So again, I. I I think it'll be a very close thing, but I would say that at the moment, probably Harry Skelton, you know, Dan seems to still have an awful lot of horses running. Um, so yeah, if, if he, if he, you know, if, if they, if they, if they still hold their form, um, there's probably slightly a bit more racing down South over the next two weeks. He's probably just slightly favorite at the moment, but I, I wouldn't, um, I, I'm not a betting man and I wouldn't want to have a bet on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to change now, is it? Now that you're out of the game, you can use all this knowledge and insight that you have into it. Be like, oh, I'm going to be a mad. I'm going to do lucky fifteens every single Saturday. <laughs> the, the trouble is, I think jockeys are probably the worst tipsters in the world because we we always, you know, whatever horse you ride, you, you're all you're always thinking of, you know, why it should win, not not why it should get beat. So, I think we we're, we're always very biased in what what we think of our own horses or the horses we're involved in, like a bit like a trainer. So, I think the trouble is. You know, we've got loads, loads of information, loads of knowledge, but actually, um, yeah, whether, whether it's the right knowledge or whether whether we're we're biased, I think is, is probably a, a, a worry. But um, yeah, I think yeah, my my wife did say, oh, should we should we have a bet on the Grand National? I was like, I mean, I think there's better races to have a bet on than the Grand National. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to try and find the winner of that is is, is probably yeah, I might do the lottery on on a Saturday night. So, um, but no, it's. Um, Obviously, that's another another thing that we 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 can obviously perhaps uh, have a dabbling on on the way. If your wife was going to pick Manila Times, she must have given you some thump and like as in like bet you around the arm, just going. I was going to back him, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we had we had a sweepstake with some other friends um, and everything else. And actually, Casper, my son, he, he managed to get to get the winner. So, uh, so yeah, I think um, yeah, at the moment his favourite person is, is is Rachel Blackmore because I think yeah, he, he's sixty pounds better off, and, and at nine years old, that's pretty that's pretty good. He's a millionaire. Well done, Casper. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done. He's very happy. I remember winning the sweepstakes as a 12-year-old. And I think I, I think I got nine pounds. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> so well done, Casper. Nicely done. Yes, I know. He's, he's, he's in good form. So that's, uh, that's good. Also, that's, uh, that's absolutely fantastic that he's now going around saying, the greatest jockey of all time is Rachel Blackmore. Um, he, probably, he probably is. Yeah, I say that. <laughs> Uh, that's do, about what my children think of me anyway so. do, do you know how long I was in the game do you know how good I was uh, so I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that your most wins in the season came in the 2015-2016 season um, which I, I think says maybe it says something about the amount of racing that there is these days than, than there were um, when you started but it's the, the fact that um, you we're obviously having to to go on all those long car journeys that we were talking about and all those long long journeys and uh and strive for success every each and every year um but that was that was quite quite some season because it is by by some way um by at least 35 your best season yeah, I think. Look, everyone says, "Oh God, you know, you're here, there, and everywhere." But obviously, when when you're riding winners nearly every day, um, and you're going to ride horses nearly every day that have got obviously great chances of winning, Jimmy, actually, Jimmy, that's that's not hard work at all. Um, you know, some of the other lads that are riding maybe have 250 rides a year and, and ride 10 winners. You know, unfortunately, they're going to ride. You know, a lot of days have one ride, and they have a one ride at twenty-five to one. That's hard work because you know it's very hard to get yourself motivated. I think to you know to 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 do that every day. Where you know it was easy for me. I, I was going to ride horses that you know generally had you know nearly, nearly a favourites chance regularly. So I think you know it's you know when things are going well. I think we all know it doesn't matter whether you're a, um, it's that whether that's in business or pleasure or you know your Sunday league football team or um, playing golf. You know when when things are all going is going your way, time flies by. Um, when things are hard work and you know it's not a lot of reward, then actually things are much much more difficult. And I think yeah, for me actually I was you know just sort of riding the crest of a wave, and I and I. Yeah, I just thought every day was brilliant, to be honest. And it was very easy for me to, you know, sit in the car, drive, you know, drive into Perth or Newton Abbott or Fakenham, which, you know, none of them are, are glamorous tracks and, and for, you know, amazing horses. But again, I was to, I was going there to ride horses that had great chance of winning, um, you, you know, and were winning regularly. And, and yeah, that, that whole experience was 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 brilliant and, and um there wasn't very much hard work about that season, to be honest. It was um, just, just for for me, it was yeah, you know, great, well, very enjoyable and and what I'd always wanted to do. It's interesting to you say that because uh, David Mullins has been on the show a number of times, and um, I think we were one of the first to interview him when he retired. I keep having to be reminded this. We were, weren't we? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> um, you'd think I'd know by now, wouldn't you? I mean, it is <laughs> my show after all, and yes, I have just been thrown a piece of paper with yes uh, on it sorry <laughs> sorry about that Twala. I'll remember this next time um, so he was saying that 
he just completely fell out of love with, with racing and that in some ways, in fact, he never wanted to be a jockey, that he just kind of fell into it. And, and that then once he was in it, he, he kind of felt obliged to keep it going. And, and then success came very fast when he wins the Grand National on, um, on Rule of the World, um, or Ruler of the World. I get mixed up between the Derby winner and the yeah. Rule of the World, wasn't it? Yeah, for, um, for Mouse Morris. So he's won the Grand National at, 20, at, at 19, and everybody is then falling over themselves to go, oh, this guy's going to be this and he's going to be that. You know, he's a Mullins and it's going to be all so easy. But you don't know what's in the head of someone. You don't know what, what their mindset is. And, and he, he said that he, again, Ireland, smaller country than the UK, I'm sure you know. Uh, <laughs> he's, he hated the idea of getting in the car and driving from um, Kilkenny to, to Sligo, with no disrespect to Sligo, uh, for one ride. That could be 25 to 1. He hated going from... Um, from Ireland to the UK for what could be the second string in a race because he'd be like, oh God, you know, do like, do I have a chance here? Do I really? It's kind of hard to get past Willie's first string. I mean, I'll give it everything, and he always did give it everything. But he also said that in in a later podcast, I think it was the second time he was on, that uh, he hated Cheltenham. That the first year he went, he loved it. The second year he went, he was like, "Yeah, you know, the, it's I'm I'm still like uh, I'm still excited about this." And eventually, he just started to resent it because he said there is no worse place to be than Cheltenham when you come out of there and you haven't ridden a winner. And it was only when he said that I I understand that feeling as a better. I understand that feeling as a as. <laughs> As, as a as an analyst as, as well as like oh crap <laughs> it's, it's all gone horribly wrong <laughs> in the tipping front um but i i i do i i can understand it if you've you know gone through form and you've placed a bet and it hasn't worked and it hasn't worked the entire day for you uh i i can understand that then even more if you're getting up at six o'clock in the morning uh, to ride work at um, whether it's Sneezy Fosters or Woolly Mullins every single every single weekday, sometimes on weekends, uh, you're then traveling over to Cheltenham and you get chinned on the line. And and Danny Mullins talked about that as well. That it's it is so tough. Now he never said he hated it. He just said it's so. It is the most miserable place to be. And and I remember saying to him one day, ah. This would have been 2018. He'd been he'd been beaten the short head, and in hindsight, uh, Danny was incredibly gracious in how he took this because I said, ah, "Mate, don't worry about it. You know, like once the uh, once you look at the old Weatherby's account at the end of the month, it'll be okay." And he just went, "Ah, sure, yeah," and and walked off. And Danny said to me, "Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing now. If you said that to me, I'd have told you tough." F right off. Yeah, can F right off at yourself. I was like, Jesus, actually, yeah, now that I think of it, that was incredibly stupid to say. But um, that, you know, for, for him to walk away at 24, I get it. I, I completely get it. And I think when when you describe how difficult it is for, for certain jockeys who are at the, the, the lower end of the scale um, and, and they are fighting for scraps and prize money is, is a 
is at an all-time low in the UK, and that's that's a serious issue as well. So that makes it even harder uh, when it's the grind. Whereas you were always going to be writing in those top those top tier meetings on the Saturdays. You were always going to be uh, in demand at Cheltenham, at Aintree, at Punchestown as well, for that matter. That's where you rode your first ever Grade One winner, isn't it? Coming over here yeah. to Ireland, taking our Grade Ones. <clears throat> yeah, no, Punchestown was a very, very, uh, very uh, you know, well, we love coming coming there anyway. But so uh, yeah, no, obviously David Nicholson loved loved um, Punchestown, and, and um, yeah, obviously yeah, looking at Philip Philip Hobbs sort of took up took up the trend as well. So it um, yeah, Punchestown was always a a great place. But no, I, I, like I would completely agree. Do you mean um, Cheltenham is? You know, we we go on about it for probably six months, if not longer. Um, you know, in the press and 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 everyone's dreaming of this, that, and the, the other at Cheltenham. Whether it's the bumper or whether it's the Gold Cup or the cross country race, it doesn't really matter now. It's every race is obviously hugely important to everybody. Um, but it's it can be a very lonely place when when things are going bad or you know you're not having the the rub of the green and and like you say for for our, for the English way room this year because obviously we were split up because of COVID it was a it was a pretty you know we got to the point by about Wednesday afternoon I think sort of towards about the end of the end of the day that we, we started celebrating horses that have, you know if we got prize money we we you know we've celebrated that um, you know the Irish were taking <laughs> nearly everything so uh, and it is you know you 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 walk out of there on a Friday night uh, you know after the Gold Cup day and and. Yeah, do you mean it's? It is the most amazing place to ride a winner, and and, and I know it's, it was very different this year with no crowds. But even so, you know, walking out there with with no winner, it it can be quite a lonely and a sort of depressing place because you think everyone's built up to this, and it feels like you haven't. You know, obviously the horses haven't performed, or you've been unlucky, or whatever else. But um, you know, even when you ride a twenty-five to one shot, you, you, as a jockey, you will, you know, play it in your head about. A million times, and you and you will try and um, uh, well, sort of w- work out ways of you think how you think it'll win. So, so that that's a yeah, a hu- huge. Uh, it, it's a yeah, I suppose a roller coaster of emotions. You you can have the the best time in the world, and, and you know, trains will say that if they've had a terrible season, and you have a win at the festival. All of a sudden, people forget about your terrible season because they all oh yeah, but you won the yeah, the, the supreme novice hurdle. And they'll forget about that you you know for a lot of the season the horses have been sick or you know horses have gone wrong, um, but like I say for you know it, it can be a very very two way two way thing you, you're either <laughs> over the moon and, and walking out floating on air or or sort of dragging yourself out thinking I, I, if I don't come back here I don't care so it, there is there is lots of different emotions for good and bad reasons I think. More from Richard Johnson in a few seconds, who's an absolute gentleman, but I have to tell you about Tote Plus. Why? Because Tote Plus is a game changer. It's arguably the biggest game changer in pools betting history. Tote are on a mission to provide bettors and especially Final Furlong podcast listeners with that extra gravy by giving you the best value possible. And Tote Plus does just that as an enhanced dividend on all of Tote's racing pools. With Tote Plus, you're now getting better value than ever, and bettors can take advantage of some of the brilliant payouts the pools provide at the biggest meetings of the year. So let's just take the Cheltenham Festival this year. Tote beat the SP on 17 of the 28 races. And I know what you're thinking. That means, what about the times they didn't? Well, that's where the Tote SP guarantee comes in. Because that's not going anywhere. 
that's still there. So you were still getting the maximum payout at Cheltenham 2021. Now, on top of that, not only will Toad give you the SP guarantee, they will boost your winnings by 10%. You think this applies just to singles? Oh, no. Toad don't mess like that. Exactus, trifectus. You land the play spot, 10% bump. Let's say you land the scoop six and you win a million pounds. You don't actually win a million pounds with Toad. You win 1,100,000 pounds because of that 10% bump. Also, we're now your new best friends. Hi, what are we going to Miami? Looking forward to that. How can you say no to this? This is literally giving money away. So take advantage of Tote Plus, but don't mess with any of the affiliate sites. This is only available to you at tote.co.uk, at tote.ie, which are both one and the same anyway, or through the official Tote app. Bet there and you will get the full advantage on all racing pools of Tote Plus and that 10% gravy bump on all your winnings. Full terms and conditions apply as they always do in life. Be 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. And do let us know when you win that scoop six and we're off to Miami because, you know, lockdown has been ridiculous. Anyway, back to Richard Johnson. How has racing changed since you started in the 93-94 season to retirement to this year? Um, It's slightly hard to... um, You know, obviously, it's the same in in loads of ways, but I think, obviously, the sort of summer racing over here has got much more. So it is is literally a 12-month year sort of thing now where you used to have a couple of very quiet months through the summer um so probably physically and and mentally for jockeys um it's got a little bit harder because you you know you have to really be at it you know 12 months of the year and and obviously now we've got sunday racing as well which uh we never used to have and so we you know we always used to get a sunday off i know in ireland obviously you always had sunday racing but over here we didn't and i think you know that was probably again you sort of always saturday racing was the best day of the of the week and so you get saturday racing finish and you sort of almost look forward to you know uh, the saturday night a quiet sunday before you sort of got back to you know back to it on the monday morning again for the, for the next week so i think now jockeys are you know unfortunately you know, you have to be and you've got to be available seven days a week um that that's just the way the way it is so i think it, it's it's slightly harder on jockeys now for day in day out the, you know the, the way the way racing is um and i think more and more owners now probably have a say in where or who rides their horse and and what goes on where i think when i started you know every jockey had um their own every trainer sorry had their own jockey and then they had their second jockey and then they had their conditional and they had their amateur and, and within reason the ride stayed within within that yard where now um of the agents and and owners i think have, have have sort of changed the way that works um and it, it's you know i think start I, i'm not sure i'd want to well it, i think it's very hard starting off now um i think it's probably always been hard starting off but um i must admit you know i think it, it, it's it's not an easy um easy lifestyle or or um it, it, it you you need to have, again be lucky to have the right break um you know to get to get going as well so it's 
yeah, it's like like if there's any industry or any sport, it's it's more and more competitive um, and just harder to you know harder to get going. You were mentioning the fact that Ireland would have racing on a Sunday, so there was no racing. We're recording with you on Tuesday, the thirteenth of April. Um, <laughs> there was just just for for clarification's sake, there was no Irish racing yesterday, and there'll be no Irish racing on Sunday. And that's one of the advantages here for Irish jockeys. Would you like to see a return to Sundays off in the UK? Like, do you think that a reduction in races is in any way the answer, or would just a simple thing like Sundays off help because it's not just jockeys; it's stable staff, trainers, everybody involved. Yeah, it's 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 a it's obviously I, I can see you know all different I suppose aspects or or, or you know there's pluses and minuses either way. I think I think um, you know there's there's an awful lot of horses to run in, in England and actually you know where. I would think for the for the for the especially the lower end, it does give you know everyone more chance. You know, there's we we have a lot more racing over here, and you know, the likes of um, Gordon. Uh, obviously, when I was riding for him, an awful lot as well. Do you mean it, you know he he can, he used to be able to bring horses over here to, to win that probably would struggle to win in Ireland, um, and that's you know because we we've got sort of more more racing at the at the lower end. But again, I think it. Um, yeah, I think I think probably for for the well-being of, of uh, mental and physical health, you know, probably having a day a week off is, is you know is a is probably good for, good for the body and the mind. Um, but at the same time, I think you know we we are a um, entertainment industry really, um, and I think so. You know, I, I think Sunday racing has been a, a, a you know a good a good thing on the whole. It's just whether. I always thought that in, in the winter, perhaps we could have a Monday off, and you know the all-weather racing would take over. And um, in the summer, you know, perhaps you know the, the flat jockeys would have a Mondays off, and 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 you'd, you, you know the summer jumping could 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 fill that gap. But it's it's obviously a a bigger issue than just just that that simple. But um, I, th- I think in Ireland, like you said, when when you have probably two or three days, definitely with with no racing each week, it, it it's got to it's got to help the that sort of that balance that work balance um and i think people especially as you get again as you got older as i got older with with being married and then then having children um you know my my family you know fiona and the, and the children have given up a lot for me really that you know they're the ones that you know didn't get to see me i i, I didn't get to lots of their different things that they're all doing um and, and yeah especially for fiona she, you know she was she sort of manned the fort at home for for a long time now and and yeah, that, that's one of the things I think that people don't probably realise is, is 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 the sort of the the things that um, your family give up, you know, to support, support a jockey because it, it is, you know, especially in England, um, yeah, seven days a week, um, yeah, and 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 very often I, I would be leaving in the dark and getting home in the dark um, through the winter, you know, nearly all year round. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot more than just obviously people see. Uh, the TV and see you know, great fantastic racing at Cheltenham or Sandown or Newbury on the telly and you know generally I think people that aren't involved in racing probably just think that we we take part in the weekends and you know enjoy ourselves through the week but uh, you know a little bit like a, a premiership footballer that maybe play two games a week um, obviously you know horse racing is a slightly different different sport and and you know that, that unfortunately that can't happen. How did it feel 
not having to get up to go to the races the day after your retirement. You were taking a lot of calls for interviews, obviously, but uh, so maybe the day after that then, how did day two feel um, now that you had retired and that you could actually be at home with Fiona and uh, and your your family? Yeah, no, well, um, I think I think lockdown actually the first time, you know, this time last year probably gave me a, a slight yeah, slightly look at what things would be like because we obviously had three months without any any jump racing at all. And um, yeah, I think Fiona joked at the time, said, "Oh well, you know, we, we're still talking and we haven't killed each other, so so hopefully that that means that when you do retire, we you know we we we'll be fine together." Um, but um, you know, obviously we didn't really quite know when when that would be at, at that point. But I think you know, I, I, it, yeah, in a joking way, it probably was a a good. Yeah, sort of trial run, I suppose, at, um, at 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 retirement, and and actually, yeah, I think you know we're very lucky to live on um, you know family farm, and you know we've got about twenty five horses here as well, so um, with them and three children, and there's there's plenty to do. So we're not, I'm definitely not sat with my feet up, sort of watching morning TV and sort of struggling to work out what 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 we're gonna what we're gonna fill the day with. But um, it, it's more the fact that you know usually I would be you know if, if i'm going to ride out obviously i'm gone very early but even if i'm here in the morning for a couple of hours you're thinking well i've got to be gone by half past nine because to get to new toxicity it'll take two and a half hours and you know you work back from what time your first ride is so, so you're, you're always making sort of um calls on when you've got to be gone from the house or um left to go racing and and yeah it's been that that's been a, the biggest i suppose i know racing's going on and i, I still see the yeah the results but you know, I'm not not thinking right. Watching my clock, thinking right, I've got to be gone in 20 minutes. So that that's the the biggest change so far. And um, but you know, thankfully, I say apart from entry on Saturday, when I you know was watching Time Hill, that that was yeah, it was look, it was hard to hard to watch. And and there was definitely part of me thinking, I, I you know I could be there you know doing that, and you know it would have been weird if I didn't miss it. But I think on a daily basis, I, I'm I'm very happy with my decision, and you know I feel like I've had so much out of yeah the the, the racing industry as a jockey. I I I feel very lucky to, and privileged to have had that opportunity. And now, yeah, you know now I think it is my time to to sort of let somebody else 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 do it. I think any horse though that you've ridden this season or were associated with in the past that goes on to win a big race, there's going to be a part of you that, that feels, ah, oh, crap. Um, and, and I remember Tony McCoy talking about uh, the John Joe Neal horse. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. You'll get him for me. Uh, Manella, JP horse for, for John. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to Yeah, he... he did he win the four miler at Cheltenham? Yes, he, he did. Mm-hmm. I know, I know the horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just can't. You, you, um, you'd know him from um, from Jerry O'Connor having ridden ridden them to to beat Nader River that day. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know, I do know the horse, but uh, can't think of him. But but uh, but no, I, and I think there is. I, I've ridden bumper horses this season, especially in the last um, two or three months, where I Jimmy and, and thought. You know, I, I've I've spoke to Philip afterwards, and and you know, to the owners, we've done video. Obviously, everything's on sort of videos now. But um, said, you know, I, I, you know, I think he's he's a he's a very nice horse, and I think you know another 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 summer's grass on him. He's going to improve again. He's 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 weak, but he's obviously very talented. And and you're thinking, 
I, I'm saying all this and I, and I, and, I, and obviously I, I believe it, but I, I'm probably not going to be with the one sort of to find out or, 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 you know, or to ride them, you know, in the future. And I think that, 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 that's hit me in the last couple of months when I was still riding that sort of, you know, I, I, yeah, I've ridden some, some very nice horses that I knew that I'm not going to probably get, get to see the full, full potential of, you know, as a, as a jockey. But, um, but again, that, that, yeah, again, that's always going to happen, I suppose, like say, um, yeah, for the next five or six years, I'm going to be, yeah, watching racing, thinking, oh, I rode that in a in a bumper or a novice hurdle, and 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 you know, you'll you'll have have that that sort of thought that goes along with it. But um, but yeah, I think hope, hopefully I'm in the right. You know, it was my decision to 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 stop, and I think that's obviously very important for anyone that's got to stop, sort of especially professional sport. That it's my own decision rather than injury, sort of forcing me to to, to have to take, make make that decision. Uh, this is why Tuala is one of the best in the game. Manila Rocco, thank you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> 2016, I was there. And I remember a friend of mine telling me, this this horse can't be beaten. I was like, I don't know. I quite like measure of my dreams and I'm going to stick with my gut. Yeah. Um, so he was, he, was, he, was, he was buying champagne for everybody afterwards. <laughs> Some crack. Uh, but anyway... Uh, like I, I, I do remember Colin Hizzard also feeling very hard done by because he'd booked Derek O'Connor for the ride and uh, Derek O'Connor is a man of his word and didn't want to let him down but Frankie Tightlips was on to him and when I say that I mean Frank Berry yeah, yeah. no you're riding Manella Rocco alright <laughs> like, okay alright sorry about that um, but he must have meant a great deal to you because I was there again in 2018 when you rode in one of the most extraordinary Gold Cups I've ever seen. And uh, and also one of the most extraordinary national hunt races that I've ever seen at, at grade one level in person. And, and to be there and watch you and Mike Bite duke it out for the length of time that you did and uh, to just kind of ride this absolutely sublime race on Native River. And I'm not saying that to engage in obsequious behavior. Tom Mullins was beside me watching the race and he said the exact, said, I tell you now, Johnson's after winning that race. Uh, <laughs> that's my best Tom Mullins impression. We'll leave it at that for, for now. Yeah. I think. Uh, if it was Nikki, we'd be going here for about half an hour, but we'll leave, we'll, yeah. leave, we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. Um, that you had basically just, drawn the the sting out of might bite and and there's a very good argument to be made that might bite was never the same horse again because all although he went on to entry and won that was it that, that was that was basically the end of might bite whereas uh your fella did come back and and was successful again and um i know he had some injury issues and i know collins had some issues with the horses this season but there has been more success but that day to win the Gold Cup in that manner, in that style, on a bold front-running ride with uh, seemingly half the crowd on might bite, um, what was that that like, and what was that feeling like? Yeah, no, look, it, it, it was, it, you know, yeah, as days go, you know, it was fantastic. I think, I think it was weird because um, not weird, but uh, obviously, I'd, I'd won the Gold Cup eighteen years previously um, on Looks Like Trouble, you know, and I, I think when I was you know, early twenties. I, I had no idea, or, or, I just didn't. I didn't appreciate what it was to to one to ride in the Gold Cup, let alone ride a, ride the winner of the Gold Cup. So, I think, 
you know, there's a, there was a lot going on for me that, you know, I knew where I was in my career and, and unfortunately, you know, I wasn't going to have lots of more goes at it. So, um, you know, and obviously I, I, I really, you know, he, he was already a, a fantastic horse and I just, um, the whole race went exactly as, as you know, when, when you, you, you dream of how a race is going to go and, and obviously you're going to run a winner, um, that race went exactly as, 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 as I hoped, um, he jumped fantastic. He, he jumped away at, you know, at the start, jumped the first well. And, and that was sort of, um, yeah, you know, we just got in that rhythm and, you know, I think they were obviously two very good horses, but like you say, I think native rivers attitude and, and, and guts sort of almost won in the day. And look, I, I'd love, I'd, you know, I'd love to say that I won the race, but I think, you know, I'm sure well, I know that native river won the race, you know, he kept the way he jumped and traveled and he saved a bit the way he jumped. He, he kept saving a little bit, but at the same time, you know, with his stamina, he just got so many horses off the bridle and at, and at it. You know, Dan's back straight the second time. You know, I, I we'd done a circuit and, and and I didn't really think we'd gone that quick. I, we'd gone a, a decent gallop, so I thought I'd need to sort of start to just to you know try and stretch everybody a little bit. And literally, yeah, he's jumping on the back straight the second time was was uh, you know amazing. And uh, I was I, I was not. I didn't know how well they were all going, but I didn't know how much I had left at the top of the hill. And I remember squeezing him at four out and, and thinking, oh, it's a bit too long. And he just came up, you know, and, and there's only a horse that's got plenty left can, can do that. And I thought all of a sudden then I was like, right, we're, we're away now. And, and do you mean going down the hill, we jumped three out and, uh, you know, I could, I knew my bike was just there, but like you say, um, yeah, you know, native rivers just stuck his head down and, 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 and out battled uh, Mike Bite on the day, and and like you say, I think Mike Bite. Unfortunately, um, he came out and won an entry afterwards. But I think he went out in the field that year and thought, oh, "I'm not doing that again." Yeah, <clears throat> you know, he he just he just didn't. You know, obviously he's a very talented horse, but he, I think I think Native River unfortunately probably broke his heart that day. And and yeah, you know, he he definitely wasn't the same afterwards. So, um, but I, you know, again, I after 18 years of looks like trouble, I I suddenly, you know, when 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 Native River won the Gold Cup and I pulled up, I, you know, I just, I, you know, that, that, that meant an awful lot. And, and, you know, the, the crowd and, you know, I, I sort of, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, I need to take this in and appreciate it. Cause you know, these, these days it's taken me 18 years. I, I haven't got another 18 years to wait for the next one. And you make a, an excellent point about that as well. And I think we're all like that when we were younger, that we don't really appreciate what it is we're doing at the time. Maybe you get more of an appreciation of success and and what life, what it is to, to achieve that. And you also know how difficult it is to win a Gold Cup uh, at that stage of your career as well. And, and so you appreciate that a little bit more too. But also that, that point that you just made about Mike Bite, that is a thing. Like horses mentally feel that. There are certain horses that just go, no, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, and, and I think it's, um, you know, I, I believe that. And I think, um, you know, horses are very intelligent animals. And, um, you know, and I, I believe as well, when a horse wins a race, they, they do get, um, you know, confidence from that as well. And I think, um, you know, it's like people. I think, yeah, when things are going right, all of a sudden things seem to go right. If you know I mean, it, it, um, it, it, it's a, it rubs off on 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 you, on you or you know, whoever and and people around you. So I think, yeah, that is a again when a yard's in form, you know, the, they could run the slowest horse they got, but it, it seems to go quicker on that day than it has done for ever before. So I think 
all those things are, are, are it, you know, they do happen. And yeah, you know, and that's not sort of, you know, we weren't obviously trying to <laughs> break my bike that day, but I think, you know, that battle um, probably did. And, and I think it shows, again, Native River to, to be at the class he has for, for, well, five, six seasons is incredible. And I think for Tizars to, to, to be able to keep him at that class and, you know, he's been placed in four gold cups. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it, it is incredible just to, to see his, his sort of durability and, and <clears throat> his attitude to keep, keep, keep trying. Do you know I mean, and keep, keep sort of turning up on the big day and, 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 and actually performing, which again is, uh, you know, very, very difficult for, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, human or, or equine, it, um, it takes it out of you. That's Denman level when you put it that way. He probably doesn't get the, the credit that he deserves at all. 13 wins at the highest level at the Cheltenham Festival. I do remember your win on flagship Uberellas in the champion chase and just being like a little bit in awe of it. But your champion hurdle on Rooster Booster, he was a special horse and that commentary from Simon Holt, jet propelled at the last. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah, no, he, fantastic. Yeah, no, I'd say I, I um, again, he, he was obviously a, a fantastic horse because he was 110% honest. I mean, he used to give he almost used to try too hard early in the race because sometimes he was too keen and he, he didn't quite finish his race off as well as you'd you'd like him to. But that that you know the the, work, the year he won the champion hurdle, <clears throat> you know on that day they went very fast. He settled really well. It all just went unbelievably well. And and I generally don't think you know you, you should you shouldn't be getting run away with in any race going to second last. However much better the horse is than the rest of the field. But you know I was nearly I was trying to make sure I didn't hit the front too soon um, you know that day in the champion hurdle and I was we jumped three out and I was coming down to two out thinking just just wait until after until I get to the bend and um, I must admit I got to the bend and I almost went oh go on and off you go and he, he literally I mean yeah he, you know the commentary was spot on he you know he literally just took off um, and, and he wasn't always the greatest jumper but again when things are going right <clears throat> you know the hurdle he jumped well, so the last early jumps in the champion hurdle was probably one of his best jumps of his life. You know, he sort of spring heeled at it and literally jumped it clean and well. He used to all, nearly always, you know, just tip the top bar and in every every hurdle jump. But it, yeah, on that that day, that last hurdle, he you know, flew over it and you know, galloped up the hill. Um, yeah, again, again, you know, another highlight that you know I think especially as well because. You know, Philip trained it as well. It was, you know, and that was obviously my early days with Philip. That that probably was one of the things that really cemented our, you know, our, our sort of relationship as well. You've um, taken up a, a new role with Arena Racing Company. So you were you were saying that you know, it's not exact. It's a, it is retirement from the saddle, but it's not like you're going to be scratching around for something to do and watching Holly and Phil uh, on, on a weekday afternoon. Not that I watch Holly and Phil on a weekday <laughs> afternoon. I don't, by the way. Uh, but but uh, just just to be clear about that. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit more about that role? Yeah, well, it, it's... Um, they they approached me... Jimmy um, and Hereford's my local course and it's one of their courses. And, and you know, over the last couple of years, um, I know, I know the, the, uh, Rebecca Davis, who, who runs it, um, he'll sometimes give me a call and go. Oh, we've, we've got a bit of a problem on the, you know, on the bend, or we're not quite sure where to cite the hurdle, you know, in the, in the back straight. So I, I, you know, often call in just for twenty minutes, just to sort of, help, you know, almost give give them my opinion whether, whether it was right or not. I'm not sure, but um, uh, but yeah, and then they they said, oh, you know, would 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 I do some do some um, 
or help them out a little bit with some stuff and um i i, I just sort of thought well until i finish racing it's probably i'm struggling to fit, fit racing in you know um you know like say with the with a busy schedule so we so we didn't do anything like that you know at the time but um yeah you know they 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 were keen to to do something once i once i stopped and and that's that's my main role with them it'll be a case of um from a jockey's point of view how you know the course hopefully rides rides well or if there's different improvements you know that they can make and, and you know they're very keen to try and um they're almost uh slightly classed as the you know that they haven't got any obviously the cheltenham's or the sandowns and um you know they, they just want to do the best they can for their courses and, and try and um make sure you know they get good racing at them as well so um so hopefully hopefully that's a a good way of keeping me um you, you know involved and, and actually you know on, on the race course occasionally as well and um you know I, I'm, I'm i've never you know i, I love horses and, and we've got plenty we do um i'm breed, breeding breeding at home um to sell obviously in, in, in to go into racing but um you know, I, I'll I'll leave the training to to to, to I think the the other people that, that know what they're doing. So um, yeah, I've never 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 been that keen on, on on becoming a trainer. So I thought, well, um, this is another 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 way that I can keep my keep my hand in you know involved in the industry. It's interesting that both you and I should say Sir Anthony McCoy uh, have have both taken the attitude that. No, I'm not going into the world of training. <laughs> and and Ruby Walsh said the exact same thing. Like I know he's become an assistant trainer, but he went, I'm not touching that with a barge ball. Be- because uh again, three and and, and Barry Barry Garrity said the same thing when he came on the show as well. He went, I'm not becoming a trainer. Um and he he's doing a bit of breeding as well. And again, like you four like it's no coincidence that the four of you are clear of everybody. Barry just about from Richard Dunwoody on 1,920 winners. Uh, but uh, you have the record for top 10 wins in the UK and Ireland. And um, there's quite some distance between Barry, uh, who's fourth, and, and the rest. Um, uh, you know, Paul Carberry is, is there, but like Davy Russell is, is coming to the twilight of his career and, and he has to recover from an injury as well and we still have to wait and see what what really is going to happen there because he was adamant when he appeared on the show not so long ago that he was going to be fit for Cheltenham and detailed the rides he was going to have um some of them which I don't think Jack Kennedy was aware of (laughs) he wasn't too pleased about (laughs) by the way I'm going to be riding Zan here in the Triumph Hurdle what um but um it, it's interesting that the the four of you have decided, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. It, it just goes to show you how dif- how difficult it must be to be a trainer. I think I think you know I think probably when you, when you've ridden for as many different trainers as we have and 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 you know seen it seen them all um, you know the, the work that goes in as well you know it, it's it's you know I think there's you know I've ridden for lots of good tra- well very good trainers who who the horses they know the horses inside out they 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 produce them well but unfortunately if they haven't got the good enough horses it's you know if you haven't got owners with probably deep enough pockets to to buy the right type of horses it's very very difficult and I think yeah you know I I've probably personally I think yeah at my age I'm probably too too old to start 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 something like that and and um you know it's it's probably a young man's game to to start with to get get involved and but again it's it's just very very difficult I think um you know I've, I've I'm you know good luck to all the all the young 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 people that want to start training and you know it's it's 
it's I'm sure, sure it's very rewarding when it goes right, but obviously there's it's very difficult. You know, you've got to deal with owners, horses, um, staff, um, and put it all together. So it's um, yeah, I think it's yeah, very difficult. My my father-in-law, Noel Chance, um, yeah, he 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 he's definitely not trying to push me in in that role either. He said that he, you know he loved his time as a trainer, but he said it got harder and harder um, towards the end of his career to you know to, to 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 financially make it make it work. Well, hopefully you'll end up breeding a horse that, um, and not just one, but twenty, uh, who end up going for that silly amount of money that's going around these days. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. I have to get your thoughts on first of all Irish domination at Cheltenham because you were talking about being there and being like, oh yay, we got prize money, way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Rachel Blackmore, the Grand National itself, like for Henry de Bromhead to train the one-two, it hasn't been done since nineteen oh eight. No one has done the the Grand Slam to win the the champion hurdle, the champion chase, the Gold Cup and uh, Grand National in a single season. I don't think anyone's actually won the champion hurdle, the Gold Cup and Grand National, let alone the champion chase in a single season. We can't quite quantify how many fans will be brought to the sport by Rachel's dominance and success at Cheltenham and, and at Aintree. But what is it that marks her out as such a great jockey? Because tactically, she just seems... Yeah, no, look, well, I think, yeah, but both of them have, have had... Yeah, you know, like an unbelievable, you know, four weeks, um, and you mean, and that's you know purely down to, you know, they both work very, very hard, and you know, you know, Rachel's had to come up through the ranks, um, you know, and again, it it it's not easy for 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 girls, and I think it's it's get yes, it's getting easier for for girls to get the opportunities, but it's it's still it's still hard work, and you probably, you know, you 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 know, um, you've really got to sort of prove yourself and. I think it, the racing is fantastic. That doing wrong, it's taken it's taken a while, and and I'm not saying it's yeah. Again, it's still they've still got to work very hard, but actually they are on a level playing field. And actually, they you know the likes of Katie and Nina, Lizzie Kelly, Bryony Frost, you know now Rachel, they've really sort of cemented the fact that actually um, you, you know that they're just as good as as, as any man riding. And I think you know that that's the most important thing. It's it's the way they ride rather than rather than anything else you know that's 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 the important thing um but i think yeah between henry and rachel i mean they've had you know to, to have yeah the, the, the few weeks they had is, is incredible and you know obviously we're, we're, we're you were saying like the irish are definitely are dominating things at the moment and i think that's you know i think it, it comes in swings and roundabouts slightly i think mm. you know like paul nichols was sort of dominating things probably 10 12 years ago and and then yeah you know the irish seem to you know between willie and obviously henry now and and you know um uh, Jessica Harrington and obviously you know from Gordon Elliott you know there's there's a you know there's been a big change over the last 10 years and um, hope, hopefully that that will change again at some point but um, you know again financially at the moment as well when the horses whether it's a Cheltenham sale or a Derby sale um, or the Irish point of pointers you know if they get bought privately at the moment the Irish seem to have the buying power to to, to obviously keep 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 the best ones as well That that's the the, the key as well you, you know you're you're looking to you know find the find the best horses but and also you need you need the the buying power to actually keep you know get hold of them as well so it's so it's a you know it's not i i think you know people um sort of suddenly bump jump on the um you know after after cheltenham everyone's trying to blame this that and next thing you know there's there's lots of different reasons that at the moment island island have the best the best horses and that's yeah, that's that's black and white, I think. But um, that that's you know that's that's the the, the main thing, and, and we we need to try and um, 
yeah, put that right over here. But uh, at the same time, I, I think, yeah, especially Rachel for, for what she's achieved, um, you, you know, is is phenomenal, and um, it's got to be great for for racing. Um, and I think, you know, she is she, she's in the right place at the right time, um, you know, and she's worked her way up from riding, you, you know, on a. Um, you know, again, fifty to one shots on a in a maiden hurdle, on a on a you know Wednesday at Sligo or wherever else. You know, she she's worked her way up to to ride in, you know, winners at the Cheltenham Festival and winning the Grand National, which literally, um, you know, is incredible. You know, it's not like a a family are big owners or her family were a, a big training sort of establishment like the the Mullins or um, you know the Carberries. So so I think you know she she needs huge. Um, you know, I think I think she's done hugely well to to to, to get in the position she has, and 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 she deserves all the plaudits she's getting because you know she, she's the one doing it, nobody else. Um, but again, you know, she's doing all the right things at the right time, and that's that's all she can do. Um, you know, and, and say between her and Henry, they they've struck up that great relationship. Um, that. That you know why 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 wouldn't you want a horse trained by Henry de Promes and why wouldn't what you want Rachel Blackmore to ride it and that that's what you want people to to think or want you know when I was riding I always wanted people to to want me to ride their horses because if they want you it 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 makes everything lot you know so much easier if you if you're if you're pleading with people please let me ride your horses you know it's it's a lot harder harder to sell. <laughs> Yeah, someone said to me the other day, uh, why? Well, two people were asking me, actually, a journalist and a, and a listener to the podcast were um, on to me separately asking, why did uh, the pots take their horses away from Henry Jabarmhead? And I said, I, I'm, I'm not saying that over the phone. No, and uh, said the same thing to the to the guy who DM me. I said, I'm not saying that on, on in print, um, but I but I will if I ever meet you at the race course and some time when all of this lifts I'll, I'll share the story with you and uh, uh, the, the, the listener replied yeah, their next horse should have been called Sizing Stupid um, but, <laughs> but it probably worked out well in the end for Henry that it, it meant that it wasn't just one owner that he was heavily reliant on that it, it meant that he could then branch out um, he had to pick himself up off the floor but then go and do that and hey uh, it's just a footnote on history now, and um, it's fantastic to see. What is, and, and this is probably something that, that changes for you on a daily basis, but as, as I speak to you now, what's your most memorable day on the race course? I think, again, like a, you know, we talked on it earlier, but, um, you know, for me, Sandown at, you know, the day I listed the trophy for my first championship, that that's, you know, the whole day was... You know, fantastic. I I, I won the the Oaksy Chase on on Menorah. You know, twenty minutes or well, quarter of an hour before I picked up the trophy. You know, every every jockey. You know, all the people. Even though um, obviously the training championship was getting was getting done on the same day. You, you know, there was a huge sort of feeling of of, of I, I don't know support for me. Um, you know, lifting the trophy because of I think everyone, obviously, everyone knew knew what I'd been sort of through over the last twenty years trying to trying to do it, and um, I think it was whether it was just for for, for perseverance or, uh, or determination or or pig ignorance, I'm not sure, but um, I think every, every everybody was was there, and again, you know, you know, Fiona and, and my children were all there. You know, my mum and dad were there. You know, having 
you know, it was a huge day for me and, and a day that I could I could generally enjoy. You know, obviously when you go out to to win the Gold Cup, you know, there's to or to try and win the Gold Cup. There's there's lots of you got you're always worrying about something going wrong or. Um, you know, well, every day you go racing, you're always thinking, "Is you know, will the horse perform? Will will this happen? Will that happen?" But obviously, going to Sandon on that day, I had some nice rides, but I I knew for guaranteed I was going to pick up the trophy. Um, so I think I was actually able to enjoy the whole the whole day and 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 you know, take it all in. And, and again, because it had taken me so long to get there, I think I I definitely appreciated it as well. Well, it was something that was very much deserved. And as uh, a racing fan, and I think I can speak for all racing fans and Final Fallen Podcast listeners, I can say that we were all delighted to see you lift that trophy. <laughs> and um, then delighted to go and see you lift it a further three times. You should have three replicas, in my opinion, by the yeah. way. Maybe the BHA can do that for you now as a retirement <laughs> present. Um, as some kind of a, a, like a memento for you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, I literally could talk to you all day about racing and I think listeners could listen all day to you talk as well. You speak so eloquently. You are an incredible ambassador for the sport because you're going to remain so. Um, But particularly as a jockey and in the saddle, you were just different class, uh, be it in victory or defeat. You always handle yourself with great dignity and grace and I think I know that you've given your reasons why but I think to retire at Newton Abbott on a day where you didn't ride a winner is actually a measure of the man you didn't want to be taking away from anybody else's limelight and I think that personally that's my own I could be completely wrong about that and I'm willing to be <laughs> but I, I feel that that's got something to do with it and um, speaking to you in more detail uh, we had good crack at that Cheltenham preview night, the back in Sandown. But getting to speak to you in more in more detail today is just another example of what an absolute gentleman you are. So, um, the very best of luck with the breeding. Very best of luck with the new role with Ark. Um, enjoy not having to worry about picking up an injury from a, a racehorse who's an insane jumper and a bit of a <laughs> lunatic and um, enjoy family life as well and uh, doing the dishes and all that malarkey and cooking dinner and everything. Yay, that's going to be yeah. so much fun. Oh, yay, <laughs> happy days, brilliant. Because uh, you know that's coming. Uh, but look, best of luck to you and um, please God, we'll, we'll chat to you again. Um, Richard Johnson on the Final Forum Podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Richard, you're a legend. I think I can't thank you enough for that. That was absolutely outstanding. And uh, you're you're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. No, no. Well, no, thanks, thanks for sparing the time for me. And uh, we'll, uh, hope, hopefully when things get back to some sort of normality, we'll all, we'll all uh, yeah, be able to annoy, each other, annoy people at, uh, whether it's, yeah, uh, Cheltenham previews or whatever else along the way. So. Oh, please God. Please God, hopefully, hopefully we'll have a, a Toad Cheltenham preview to do, or seven. Um, <laughs> Richard, look after yourself and um, mind yourself. Take care and thanks so much for your time. Thanks very much. Take care, mate. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Toad ambassador and four-time champion jockey Richard Johnson. Like I said, an absolute legend and such a pleasure to talk to. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the show. If you have, like, share, and subscribe on social media, on Twitter. You can find us at Final Furlong Pod, at Radio Emmett for me. We're on Facebook as well. Subscribe on 
whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to the show on. From all of us on the team, we hope you enjoyed it. And a huge thanks to Richard for his time. Mind yourself. Be safe. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland.